Welcome to The Good, The Bad, and The Neutral, the show where the most broken card in Magic the Gathering is Fiddlethip the Lost. Banned in all formats. Banned in all formats. If you play a Fiddlethip, you're a terrible person. Monster. Hello and welcome to The Good, The Bad, and The Neutral, the show where we discuss and debate the D&D alignments of fictional characters. My name is Avery. I am Lord Jack, and we are We're Not Doing Batman Productions. We've got a 20-sided die and a list of characters we can talk about. We're going to give a brief bit of background about the characters and our familiarity with them, and then one of us will state a case, the other will state their case, and then we'll talk about it. Before we start, I just want to take a minute to thank our patron, Sam Morrison. It is you specifically that makes this podcast possible. All right, let's make a die roll. 17. Pearl from Steven Universe. Okay, okay. Full disclosure, I did not watch the last season of Steven Universe. I watched the last season. I haven't seen the movie or Steven Universe Future, but we I have seen the whole show. I have seen the movie. I didn't see Future. Okay. Pearl is an alien ro- warrior from another planet. She is made of robot and rock. She is a very nice lady. Pearl is the former, basically, handmaiden of uh, Rose Quartz, who is, spoiler alert, the this is actually like a relatively recent spoiler. Basically the queen of the empire who faked her own death so she could stay on Earth. Uh, Pearl's characterization for much of the story is impacted by the fact that she was deeply in love with Rose Quartz, uh, who sacrificed her life in order to create Steven, the protagonist of the series. Um, And she's very conflicted about the fact that A, she really, really loves Steven, and B, she really, really misses Pearl. Um, Mrs. Rose. Yes, sorry, Mrs. She really, really misses Rose. She is an expert swordsman, uh, a deeply anxious person, uh, and very much a force of motherhood for Steven and his growth as a character. I'm gonna go out on a limb uh, and say Pearl is lawful good, and here's why I think that. Once again, lawful good is the only alignment that is in conflict with itself. Pearl is ultimately, I think, a lawful figure, and the reason I think that is because while initially she's portrayed as a rebel, as someone who is rebelling against the system, what she's ultimately just doing is what she was supposed to do, which is following her diamond. Like, ultimately, Pearl is not actually deviating from any system because she was created to serve Pink Diamond, and she did. And now she's helping Steven, who is still Pink Diamond. And she is still following Rose's requests, which is part of why she didn't tell anyone that Rose is Pink Diamond, because Rose told her not to. Uh, however, again, There's that conflict where Pearl clearly loves Steven as like an individual human being. And there's something really challenging about having this love for this person and with and this earth and still wanting to follow these rules and regulations set out by someone who is ultimately long dead. And I don't know um, what happens with that revelation. I don't know if Pearl tells Steven ultimately, um, but I think she's definitely lawful and I would argue that she's good because ultimately what she's doing is for the betterment of the people around her. And she will sometimes do things that aren't necessarily in line with what Rose wanted because she cares about Steven. I'm gonna hard disagree here. Oh boy, hard I think disagree. she's true neutral. Ooh. Here's why. Pearl does not care about Beach City. She doesn't care about Beach City's laws. She doesn't care about Beach City 
City's government. She doesn't care about Beach City's citizens. Pearl cares about two things, Rose and Steven. Defending Steven's home is more important to her than Steven's home being Beach City. Defending Steven is more important than Steven's happiness. It's more important than Steven's friends. She tells Connie over and over again, you have to be willing to die for Steven. Pearl is true neutral, not because she is a failure to be anything else, but because her strongest concerns are the like tiny, tiny group of people that she cares about and nothing else. When when the diamonds come to, to, to destroy Earth, she her first reaction is not, we have to defend Earth, it's we have to leave. She is a deeply selfish person and does grow quite a bit over the course of the series. She's uh, very much only concerned with uh, a, a small handful of things. Um, she doesn't care about, uh, like, she doesn't consider herself part of Earth society. She considers herself almost like a conqueror, like she's above the law. Um, she has her own set of morals and justifications for what she's doing, but... As much as, and I'm not saying she's a bad person. I love this character. I think she's an incredible figure. I think she's a good person. I do not think she's capital G good. I will concede neutral. I will not concede lawful. And here's why. While you said it yourself, Pearl doesn't consider herself a part of Beach City society. Like, if she considered herself a part of it, like, a, someone who should be beholden to it but isn't, then I then that's different. She considers herself part of Pink Diamond's... Hierarchy. Hierarchy. Yeah. And she never, not once, removes herself from that hierarchy. That's a very good point. I think... I will gladly concede neutral because I think you're right. I think she cares about Steven and she cares about Rose and that's it. But I think... Her intense caring about Rose means that she's not going to deviate from the role that society set for her. And she, again, never deviates from following Rose. That's fair. That's very valid. Uh, All right. I think we've both uh, changed each other's minds here. I love that. All right. uh, Pearl. Lawful neutral. Okay. Next character. Whoa. Ah, I almost dropped the die there. Uh, natural 20. We're talking about Willy Wonka. Oh, boy. Okay. So, Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka is the owner of Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory in the book by Roald Dahl and the two movies. One that was good and one that was not. We're not saying which one is which. I am. The Tim Burton one was bad. Uh, you will not change my mind. But anyway, Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka is the owner of a chocolate factory. Willy Wonka employs, employs, air quotes, a series, a race of beings called the Oompa Loompas, which he found in the jungles, and he bribes them with chocolate to do all his work. He also set up this contest where five children would find a golden ticket and get to tour the factory after the factory had been closed for a very long time. He then tricks all of the children into falling into their vices, uh, be it hyper competitiveness, greed, gluttony, um, obsession with television, uh, in, except for Charlie, who ultimately passes all of the tests and inherits the factory. There's some stuff in the Tim Burton movie, which is not in the book at all about family issues. I don't care about that at all. That's it. Okay, Willy Wonka. So here's my thing with Willy Wonka. He's definitely evil. Uh Uh-huh. He's, first of all, enslaved a race of people for chocolate. Um... For, for, for confectionary purposes. And also, he set up this big competition to punish children for being children. Uh, or at the very least, to punish the children for being the people their parents made them into. Um, because all of these children have adults that are either enabling them or forcing them to be the way they are. 
he had no way to know that this would even work, that there would be a kind-hearted good soul uh, among the, the, the various children that got the ticket. And in fact, the way the show goes, or the way the movie goes, what with all of the, the bad children buying up ridiculous quantities of chocolate, he almost guaranteed that there wouldn't be. The fact that one good child gets a golden ticket is honestly a fluke. So I, I cannot assume he is anything other than a terrible person who likes to punish children for no reason. You want to hear my take? Go for it. Uh, Willy Wonka and Handsome Jack is the same. Okay. Show your work. Okay. So we talked about Handsome Jack as someone who is in charge of a big thing but is not necessarily lawful and who is neutral evil because he does absolutely reprehensible terrible things but is constantly reframing it so that he is the hero. Willy Wonka is enslaving a race of beings and he portrays it as having rescued them from the jungle where there were predators and bad things and uh, have paying them in something they love which is chocolate. Willy Wonka you know, absolutely torments and abuses children, but frames it in a way that's like, oh, I'm just looking for the good soul that will inherit my factory. Willy Wonka is doing bad things, but framing the narrative constantly so he is the hero and the good guy and the wise person. Handsome Jack and Willy Wonka is the same, which means that Willy Wonka is firmly neutral evil. That is an interesting take, and I agree with your take, but I want to add on to it, which is the fact that the story A being named after him and B being about him does kind of imply that he is the hero of the story and that he is actually the figure you're supposed to be rooting for and that all these children deserve the punishments they're getting, which only means that Willy Wonka is a more successful Handsome Jack. Like, it doesn't mean that he's at all a better person. He's just better at manipulating the story. I'm deeply fascinated by Roald Dahl as a creator. Mm -hmm. because Roald Dahl has never been afraid to just make the people you're not supposed to root for just deeply reprehensible. And as a child, what you want to identify with Charlie and, like, see his wonder and, like be a good kid and you want to see bad people who the children are framed as suffer consequences especially if like me you're a child who's been bullied and you want to see the kids that hurt you suffer consequences and sometimes Roald Dahl will do that with adults too and frame some of these adults as absolutely horrendous awful people and some as just like brilliant and, and wonderful and amazing and in Willy Wonka specifically I think it's a decent message for children where if you're reading it as a kid and you see a bunch of kids doing bad things and getting punished for it and a kid doing good things and getting rewarded for it, as a child, you're like, oh, that makes sense. That's one. That's great. Like, if I keep doing good things, then I'm going to get rewarded. But as an adult, when you see that applied to these children, especially with, with as Jack's saying, parents that enable them and cause them to be horrible, it becomes a lot more horrifying. The sort of friendly, imaginative, fluffy nature of it sort of goes away as you get older, when as a kid, you just see this beautiful, incredible child chocolate factory and people who don't appreciate it. That's a very good point. All right. Uh, Willy Wonka? Neutral evil. Cool. Let's do Princess Zelda. Okay. So Zelda. So Zelda. You're taking this one. Okay. Uh, so 
Zelda is actually a series of characters because Zelda is a reincarnated princess possessing the Triforce of Wisdom who reincarnates alongside Ganondorf who is the bearer of the Triforce of Power and Link who is the bearer of the Triforce of Courage. Uh, we re- it's revealed in Skyward Sword which is chronologically the first game in the timeline that they've been cursed to reincarnate forever and face off and Link's gonna kill Ganondorf but Zelda, her position is always a little more complicated because some in some games she takes a more active role like in Ocarina of Time where she, as Sheik, fights against Ganondorf or in Twilight Princess where she has to flee her kingdom and helps to, early on with Link and Midna, fighting against Zant. In some games, like Minish Cap, she's turned to stone for most of it or she's otherwise in trouble. Um, and So was that one time she was a pirate? Yeah, that's my favorite one. But ultimately, Zelda exists as a figure that's sort of the light in opposition to Ganondorf's darkness that Link either is aiding or rescuing or otherwise involved with in order to oppose the forces of evil. Most recently in Breath of the Wild, she is holding, essentially holding Ganondorf and well, Ganon and stopping him from destroying everything and is thus really unable to help you, but she's doing something very important. Zelda is neutral good, almost unambiguously so. She is the, as the Triforce of Wisdom, she is the force of a uh, sort of rightful rule in, in the, the very Hyrule's this place, this this idea that rulers should be thoughtful and responsible individuals uh, who are who care about their subjects and are are willing to sacrifice things for their subjects. And I think Zelda does a very good job of sacrificing for her subjects repeatedly over the course of the series. Um, I don't think she's lawful. I think she is. I think if she were lawful, uh, the Triforce would be a very different power because of the way law manifests in magical forces. Um, and because also Hyrule has never really been a large organized kingdom. In every single iteration, it is a very decentralized place. Uh, it's often in ruins. It is, uh, frequently just small villages just miles apart from each other uh, separated by large wilderness full of monsters. Uh, And I don't think that's ever Zelda's fault. Um, But the fact that we never see Hyrule at the height of its its, uh, uh, reign kind of implies that it's not ever at the height of its reign, that whatever it was or whatever it used to be is sort of a fairy tale. And I don't think she's chaotic because a chaotic good Zelda, which in fair there are definitely iterations of Zelda which have been chaotic. Tetra's again, pretty strongly again, chaotic. there was that time she was a pirate. Um, but I don't think the character of Zelda is chaotic just because, well, because of a failure to be anything else. She's, uh inhabits moral extremes. She does good things for lawful reasons and good things for cha- chaotic reasons. And she's definitely willing to die for her good beliefs. Yes, very much so. But I don't think she would be, I don't think she would be willing to die for the, you know, uh, down with the state beliefs. And I don't think she would be willing to die for the state must exist beliefs. Something I think is worth mentioning is the Zelda games are not concerned about law at all. Agreed. They're not interested in the idea ideas of law and chaos, which means everyone's sort of neutral because it's not something that anybody cares about. Like, what they care about is saving Hyrule the land and Hyrule the people. It doesn't... Re- the, the, it, and part of that is because the... Um, Hyrule is different every time. Like, at one point Hyrule is under the ocean. And we're not really concerned... Like, 
Zelda is still the princess of Hyru- Hyrule, but we're not really concerned with saving Hyrule. We're concerned with saving everybody. And I, th- like, Hyrule has no power anymore, but the concern is still to stop Ganondorf and save the day. I think ultimately Zelda's neutral good because the Legend of Zelda games don't care about the ar- the discussion about law. It's just not a thing they're interested in. I agree completely. All right, Zelda. Neutral good. Uh, one more. Let's do... another 11. Hiram McDaniels. Yeah! Alright, go for it. Okay, so we've talked about Night Vale once before, and again, if you're the Night Vale people and you're listening to this, please reach out to us. We love you guys so much. We do. Uh, so Hiram McDaniels is a literal five-headed dragon. He weighs 1,800 pounds and is 20 feet tall. Each of his five heads has a different set of skin and eye colors, and all have very different personalities. One of them has a southern accent, uh, and that is his personality. One of them, <laughs> one of them yells a lot and likes to f- set things on fire. Uh, one of them is very sad all the time. Uh, one of them is deeply involved in liberty and and freedom and justice. Uh, and then one of them is just kind of a jerk. And I don't know if I would call Violet deeply involved in liberty and freedom and justice. The tree of liberty must be occasionally watered by the blood of the innocent. It is my favorite tree. Still, like Violet is mostly concerned about how absolutely terrible the rest of his That's also are. valid. Violet is their own character, and we will talk about that at, uh, at length during this, this, this bit. But also, I want to bring up the fact that Hiram McDaniels is one character, one person with five personalities, five heads actively fighting against one another. Uh, and we do still have to talk about what he does. He's arrested early on in the story for uh, insurance fraud, and uh, at later on runs for mayor from jail. Uh, and then gets arrested again for attempting to kill the mayor after he loses the election. Towards the end of his time in Night Vale, uh, is executed, which fails, and he then flees town. And that is the last we have heard of him. So that's who he is. That's his story. Uh, that's where we are going. Um, and here's what I want to say about Hiram McDaniels. Hiram McDaniels is true neutral. He is... Not lawful, because he does crimes and is a criminal and uh, wants wants to be in charge of Night Vale and so very much considers himself a part of Night Vale, uh, unlike what we said about Pearl earlier. So he could be lawful, but he chooses not to be. He's also not chaotic. He might be chaotic. No, I think he's not chaotic. Okay. I think he's not chaotic because um, I think chaotic would involve much more uh, attempting to flee jail. Yes, he um, does spend quite a bit of time... And also, because Violet is part of the character. Yes, that's also fair. And she... Violet is lawful. Yes. Violet turns high romance. Yes, he spends quite a bit of time working within the law, working to attempt to be a part of the law, uh, and I think it's hard to be a, lo- a chaotic person and run for public office. Um, unless you're Tamika Flynn. Unless you're Tamika Flynn, who is... We've talked about already. Um, he's not good because he... Commits insurance fraud and tries to kill the mayor. Is insurance fraud really a crime? Valid. Uh, But he does try to kill the mayor, who is an unambiguously good person. uh, And quite possibly one of the only real heroes in Night Vale. Love Dana. Uh, Dana Cardinal is our hero, and we adore her. He's also not evil, though, because he's not seizing power for its own sake, and he's not actively, like, manipulating the election. He does legitimately run for public office. He seems like he's concerned with the well-being of Night Vale, at 
least to some extent. And he definitely wants to be in charge of it, and it's kind of ambiguous as to whether or not he wants to be in charge because he thinks he's the right person for the job, or if he just thinks he should have power. But he does think he's the right person for the job. That is definitely a part of it. So, I agree with you. Hiram is too neutral. And I think part of it is just because there are so many heads that have so many different perspectives. So what I want to do with you right now... Is go through the heads? I want to do a lightning round. I want to name one of the heads, and I want you to tell me what alignment they are. No explanation. Just go. So, uh, Goldhead has the southern accent yes. and is sort of the face head. Yes. Green is the very, very, very aggressive one. Yes. Green is the fire. Um, Hiram's primary head is gold. His green head is the, the very fiery one. Uh, his violet head uh, has got the paranoid fantasies and is uh, concerned with the rights of the other heads. His blue head is the businessy one who has the statistics and laws and stuff. And his gray head is the sad one. Okay. So, Hiram's gold head. Lawful evil. Hiram's green head. Um, chaotic neutral. Hiram's violet head. Lawful good. Hiram's blue head. Lawful neutral. And Hiram's gray head. True neutral. All right. Hiram McDaniels. True True neutral. neutral. That was fun. I like that one. That was fun. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening, and we hope you had a good time. If you disagree with either of us or think there's something we left out, feel free to reach out to us. We'd also really appreciate if you have any suggestions for characters to talk about on a future episode. Couple of uh, quick notes here. We are kind of running out of characters. If you have some suggestions, really please do send them to us. We would love to hear your thoughts. Uh, Also, we do have a Patreon. I know I keep bringing that up, uh, but we are currently at one whole patron. Thank you, Sam. You specifically make this show possible. Uh, And also... We will be talking about uh, the Bond discussion that we had a few episodes ago, uh, and we will be continuing to read your emails, and if they change our minds or bring up interesting points, we might read them on the air. We love hearing from you guys. We do. All right, this show has been made by We're Not Doing Batman Productions. If you have comments or recommendations, please email us at wndbproductions at gmail.com. That's Wild Narwhals Drinking Beer Productions at gmail.com. Thank you guys, and we'll see you next time. See you soon.